Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Defense! Defense! All the hard work, let's go! College football today. <laughs> Back on college. That like Bobby Boucher. Back on college football today, brought to you by Bet DSI. Talking a little bit. About the college football bowls, college football playoff. <laughs> Talking about Bobby Boucher in, in, in the off-camera uh, discussion. We, we know that the top four teams are already in. Alabama, we have Clemson, we have Notre Dame, and we have Oklahoma. But the argument or controversy that really took place was uh, last Sunday with which team could challenge Oklahoma as possibly cracking the college football playoff. A lot of people were on Georgia's bandwagon after they lost that close game to uh, Alabama. Others with Ohio State and Urban Meyer winning the Big Ten championship. And, oh, there's that school in Orlando. Orlando. They've just won 25 straight yeah. games. Conference champions defeated Memphis, UCF. I mean, it's an intriguing argument, guys. It really it is. is. Uh, for me, I, I think when I break down those three teams, Georgia, Ohio State, UCF, I would say I would lean to Georgia. And the one reason is, you look at their 10 wins, they came against opponents with a combined overall record of 79-54. and 54. That's a 593 winning percentage. When you look at Ohio State, their 11 wins came against opponents with a combined overall record of 75 and 82, which was 477. And then you have UCF, their 12 wins came against opponents with a combined overall record of 65 and 70, which is a 481 winning percentage. So the one knock I have about UCF, they only played 11 games this year, again, for the second year in the row because of a cancellation. So they were 12 and 0. I look at Ohio State, they have that 29-point loss to Georgia, so uh, to Purdue, so that stands out. But the way Georgia played against Alabama, to me, would give them the nod. Now, my question to you is, if Ohio State loses to Purdue by 10, does Oklahoma get into the college football playoff over the Buckeyes? Well, Oklahoma's in. Do you mean would Ohio no, State? I'm saying if Ohio State. Oh, do they get in? Do they get uh, in? Close call. Week? Both conference yeah, champions. I, it certainly would have been more palatable. I mean, I think the fact that it it's was questionable. 49 to 20, I it's think questionable. that hurt. I, I, you know. I, only, here's the thing. Uh, that, that Texas-Oklahoma game, that Oklahoma loss, that was a heck of a football game. And and even even like when, when you think about like, and I'm going to say, you think about just the uh, the Heisman and what you do. Kyler Murray played exceptional in that game. He had some turnovers early, but the kid played really well in that game. I just don't know if if even if I mean it 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 was Purdue like that. That's a rivalry game, and and it could go either way. Emotions, big plays. Where where are you playing? And then they redeem the loss. Because right. they got a chance to play them again, both on a neutral field too. Right, and 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 I I would I would still give give it to uh, I'd still give it to Oklahoma. I I, I would stick with Oklahoma, but um, this UCF thing, man, it's you know it's it it, it I, I came from a small school, played at a small school. It's bothering me what what it's saying about the playoff system and and just uh, just uh, the hierarchy of football and. Um, it, SEC commissioner came out and said, you know, hey, their schedule this week, blah, blah, blah. I don't see any of them SEC schools trying to line up UCF for a non-conference game. I don't hear any of them saying, hey, come play us. We'll do a home and away. None of them are trying to play that game. Yeah. It reminds me of Boise State. Uh, Boise State had the problem in the past where Boise was, you know, regardless of what they did under Chris Peterson, 
you know, they weren't going to get into a BCS type yeah. of a discussion. And, and nobody wanted to play that team. I mean, and that's what happens. And, and it goes to Gonzaga in basketball. You could talk about it at any level. You know, nobody wants to face UCF, which, which makes for some interesting storylines. Well, the Power Five conferences, it, it, this is exactly, it, it, this is how they manipulate how to keep their teams in the bowl. If 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 you, if you if you allow one UCF team to get in, then who says that uh, some small San Diego State don't have a chance? That's or great point. Once you allow one team to get in because of you know uh, uh, who they played, you know it's like I, I I and I say this, and I mean no disrespect to the rest of of the teams, but the Patriots play the AFCs <laughs> every year, and those three teams they've been bad for a long time. We don't we don't say anything to them. Right. It, it, you you play the teams that are on your schedule. You get to pick some non conference games, and and we don't get mad at Alabama for playing Troy. We don't <laughs> we don't get you know they you you play some weaker teams to kind of get get where you want to get in conference. So let's not knock them because I don't see those 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 power five teams or the SEC teams trying to schedule UCF. Yeah, that's a great point. Although Florida did come out after all this controversy and said, will we be willing? But they haven't done it yet to do a home and home. So that's the first. Do you thing understand they- what that would mean for oh, Florida? Yeah, of course, they would lose recruits. They, they, they already they're already having an issue. Yeah. Them and Florida State with getting Florida's top players. Right. You would really lose out if you lose to a UCF. Mm, I agree. There's, there, there's no win in it for Florida. No. Well, to, to, to Marshall's point, I, I think the only way to rectify this situation, guys, and I know you don't like it, is to expand the playoffs. You, I you're not getting UCF in with four. No, with four. I you're do just have not. a solution. And, and I think Marshall brings up a great point because I do feel the kids are deserving. The problem I have is because it is amateurism. I don't want to take away from the college football regular season. No, I don't I want agree. to dilute it to I where, agree. like college basketball, where we have 18 teams or mm-hmm. eight, eight teams, and then it's team nine and 10. And now, you know what? Oklahoma, Texas is taking place, you know, week number five, and they're walking through the motions because they already have a guaranteed spot. But I'll, I'll put a propo- uh, proponent or a provision in if uh, for a, a non-group of five team uh, to get in. Like this year, if there's all one-loss teams or not enough undefeated teams to make the college football playoff, and there is a, 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 a group of five team that is undefeated, they get in. Mm. So like this year where we're splitting hairs between the fourth, if that were the case again, then if there's an undefeated non-group of five, we put them in. You know who deserves this too is not just UCF and all the group of fives, but I really think College fans deserve to see this. I mean, instead of constantly debating this, I mean, I sort of think I know what would happen if it was Alabama-UCF, but after two years of debating, if UCF was number four, I'd like to see that game. I really would because I I, I think it's going to be a bloodbath against Oklahoma. I I do. I I think Alabama is going to house Oklahoma. So I'd rather see UCF have that opportunity. I'm not dying for eight teams because, to be honest, this year, I really only think three teams deserve to be in the playoffs. I really do. I, I, I would take Oklahoma out. I think ND's perfect season, Clemson perfect season, Alabama perfect season. I, I think those three teams in the right. playoffs. So I don't need to see eight, but there are some instances where I'd like to see those teams have opportunities. A couple of things. Ohio State is not in, in my opinion, not just because of Purdue. It's game control all season long. Yeah. I think the committee looked hard at Maryland. They looked hard at the Nebraska game. They looked hard at the Indiana game. They didn't until, until we got to Michigan. And then Northwestern right. uh, in the Big Ten. And they were, they were struggling at times against North. But a lack of game control all season long, I think that's what really did Ohio State in. And my second point is, in terms of Georgia, we talk about precedent with a group of five. They, the committee did not want to set a precedent with Georgia being a two-loss non-conference no, champion. But the question still has to be asked, do we really want the four best teams? Because if we're saying the four best teams belong in the playoffs, in my opinion, Georgia is one of those teams. But you can't discount that loss, right, Marshall? I mean, they the got LSU, blown yeah. out in Baton yeah. Rouge, and it wasn't even under the lights, right? You know the Tigers play better at night than they do during the day. It's just hard for if you if to make a case for Georgia. I mean, I, I, I get it. You got and you got a one loss Oklahoma team. People wanted Georgia in. They say Georgia deserved the chance. And I, I guess you you they didn't want to count the loss to Alabama because it didn't feel like a loss. Because I guess 
Alabama's better. So you, hey, let's just not count that game. Right. But you, you, you can't do that. And and my my thing is, and this is this is this is why college sports bother me. This is why the playoffs bother me. This is the whole bowl hierarchy. Give the underdog a chance. Just 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 give them a chance. Like they they need a chance. This is this is why um, in basketball they they went to that. Okay, we're going to have these teams play before we make before we de- decide who the teams are to go in in in, in the bracket. So you 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 go have a playoffs. There's some extra games we're going to play. Some teams from small schools. We're going to figure this out. You, you got to give the underdog a chance because you never you never know those kids from UCF. They could end up having a day, and Alabama could have their worst day. You, you never know. Right. Don't take their chance of having the chance away. By not putting them in, just by saying, "Oh, you played Weber State, you played Little Sisters of the Poor." It doesn't matter. How many games do they have to win before they let mm. you know? Hey, we want to see if we can compete with the big boys. Yeah, I agree, and I'll tell you, I thought it would be last year that they would have a better chance because they defeated Auburn last year. Auburn uh, went to the SEC championship. Auburn yeah. knocked off Georgia and Alabama, both top-tier teams when they defeated them. So I thought this year they would have a better opportunity, and they're still on the outside yeah. looking in. I'll say this. If they defeat LSU convincingly, yeah. Yeah. convincingly, 20 Or points, at all, Joe. At all, I, I, I know, but no beat, Greedy you know. Williams. I, I think it's got to be by, like, you know, I, I would say. At all. I wouldn't put a number on so? it. At all. Yeah, you I agree. So? I agree. At, at all. But you, then next year's the year. It's if LSU. They're under, if they're under, it's under LSU season, coming off a really year, solid it's, season. It's, yeah. There's no year. It's not happening. If you've beaten Auburn and LSU in back-to-back bowl games uh, and perfect seasons, back-to-back seasons, man, they're going to have a yeah. heck of a beef. They, they really are. are. And, nah. and how about and this? How about this? Forget Greedy Williams is sitting out. And, you know, Devin Del White Pitt says he's... And Del Pitt but, might be... Yeah, but you know what, though? Mackenzie Milton not playing. Right. So now you're and, using and your backup redshirt freshman quarterback in Daryl Mack. Definitely oh, even hey, out. Without yeah. a doubt. Now, Daryl Mack, I, <laughs> he stepped up we, last we, week. We have, we have a, like that. There's, there's a quarterback issue there. If they, if, if they had one, because the kid, the kid came out and and played a heck of a game. And like, we expected that. We talked a lot on the air last and, weekend about the expectations. I know Gabe even said Gabe, Gabe got fired up, and he's like, "Gosh, Hypo's a quarterback. That's he's exactly, going to be able to yes. talk to this kid." And you could tell that kid, that young kid. Got better and bet had a couple of fumbles early, yep. but he got more confident as that game went on. That was a hell of a comeback. And Josh had the kid ready for the moment. And he he understood. Hey, the, this is where your nerves are going to be. This is how you're going to feel. Calmed him down, and the kid played it. He played a heck of a game. I was I was I was impressed. I thought he would play well. He played better than I thought. Yeah, he really did. And the one thing I think when I watched UCF play over recent weeks is against Cincinnati, and then they they won that bowl game against Memphis, uh, the the conference championship. When they fall behind, they do not lose their composure. No, they did it against Temple. They maintain, and that was with Milton at the helm. When when East Carolina, they were on the road with Mac. He stepped up. They made plays. This team expects to make enough plays to win. That's good coaching. The ball game. That's good coaching. That's, coaching. that's 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 good right. coaching. That's when you you understand you have a game plan, and when that game plan is not working, you understand where you're going, because that that that. That that's football. It's 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 the chess match. Okay, this is how we want to attack them. Oh, they're doing something different. Okay, now this is how we're going to attack them. And they have no problem whether it's on the ground or throwing the ball, or or even just as a, as a front seven playing stout defense. Yeah, I think nobody. I think in a one game scenario, we've seen it. Boise State step up over Oklahoma. I think it's the consistency of the season, but. I think that UCF matches up well against Notre Dame. I think they can they can move the football on Notre Dame in a college football playoff environment. Now, Clemson and Alabama, to me, are different animals on the interior, but you never know. I mean, if they jump up, Oklahoma, I'd say that score would have to be in the 60s. Kyler Murray and UCF's offense going up against each other would be pretty intriguing. Well, I just want to piggyback on something that Marshall said, too, is give them a chance. And if you look at the history of sports, we've been – either around sports, yeah. covering sports our entire lives. 
it's those moments that we always yeah. remember, right? It's NC State and Jim Valvano. Those are the moments we remember in sports. So, you know, it's not only good for that one team, but the entire sort of ecosystem of sports benefits when these smaller schools are able to pull yeah. off. Given an opportunity to make a magical moment, we remember yeah. those times. Ooh. Allow allow the UTEP miners <laughs> to, to play the Kentucky Wildcats and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. You, you, you just never know how it could change. They make the movies land. out of right. That's Don Glory Haskins. Rose, that's, I mean that. So it, they it, make movies out yes, of those moments. Yes, yeah, the, exactly. Allow allow the opportunity to happen. Give it a chance. Don't just don't just put it to bed just because you 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 want to get one of your schools in. Uh, you got to allow these kids a chance. Well, I think this year will be the year if they knock off LSU and they're undefeated. I'll be riveted again, to that Fiesta Bowl because it's a, a moneymaker too. You know that TV the March Madness is a billion dollar industry from the brackets to the TV rights. I mean, what were they eighth? They ranked. What were they ranked? Eighth. Eighth. That, that's it. Like that's the, Michigan was over them, which eighth? is that's that's a little bit after of a, the loss to Ohio State. What, Michigan? Yeah, they're eighth. That's. What do you what do you got to do? That's what they. So what do we have to do? Last year, last year's bowl game, I think to a lot of people, I would even include myself in that. It felt a little bit, I don't know. It felt a little bit fluky, maybe. Like ah, you know, I even said I remember saying like ah, you know what, Auburn. That, Are they going to take that it seriously? They weren't serious. They weren't yeah. motivated. But this year, UCF is on everyone's radar. Yes. Here, here, here's my question: How can you not take a bowl game serious? I, and that's that. I agree with you. That's you, the mindset. Your man. last game was like a month ago. <laughs> that's all you've been practicing for is this one game. How do you? How do you not? I mean, is that a knock on the head coach for for not making sure his guys are mentally invested in what what you're why you're there? Yeah. Th- this is why you're at. It. They say you come to get a degree. No, you're there to win football games. They don't make a, the mentality, Marshall. You know that even in the NFL, it's a different rare, mindset. Rare it's, it's and a rare. Different, it's no yeah. longer the team mentality. It's about me, my interest. You know, the bowl game, you you sweat, you do two a days, you go to spring ball. It, it, it's a year round investment, but it's a year round investment for them. It's not. That's the way I look at it. The you know. antithesis it's, it's, is is going to be Army Navy. Yeah. Army Navy is. Oh, all about, I can't wait for it. Yeah. I love this game. It's that, all about love we, them. right? It's all and, about we. Exactly. I love watching those kids play in this game. It, it means the world to me. So when we come back, we'll be breaking down Army Navy, and we'll be breaking down North Dakota State and Colgate. Keep it where it is. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Morency leading us into break. Welcome to College Football Today, brought to you by Bet DSI. Inspired by that. Yeah, I do. I feel it. It's Morency. It is. Well, Morency would love these games. The F- wait, is this Morency on the bump? Is that Morency? Oh wow! Wow, that is pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I like Scaring that. me. I'm going to put it on. We'll put it on in the uh, in the off in the break. We'll listen to it. But Morency's going to love the the breakdowns of the FCS games that kick off. At 12 o'clock, huge battle. Gabe, huge battle. North Dakota State, number one in FCS, taking on number nine, Colgate. Very intriguing battle, guys. You have Easton Stick 
quarterback for North Dakota State that has thrown 22 touchdown passes. We have Lance Dunn, the running back, more of a thunder and lightning type of crew with Anderson. Both of those players have combined for 22 touchdowns. And then we have Shepard, the wide receiver, that's stepping up, does have six receiving touchdowns. This is a North Dakota State defense that's allowing 108 rushing yards per game, 184 passing yards per game. But they're going up against a very methodical offense in Colgate. But more importantly, the number one ranked statistical defense in FCS allowing 219 uh, total yards per game. Not going to be easy. Seven points per game. Not going to be easy. Wow. But here's what I look at, guys. Seniors, senior leadership at the quarterback position. Two running backs that are seniors. It's unheard of. Senior wide receiver. I'm taking North Dakota State. You're laying the points with the Bison. Colgate today. Paste. Yes. I love paste. it. A little. You see what yes. he did there? With the paste? I got little it. little Colgate Palmolive it. reference it's the, there. It's the Alabama of FCS, is, and I'm oh. not backing down. I learned my lesson at the FBS level, yeah. and I'm, I'm back in North Dakota State. Alabama you'll never take, but you'll take the Bison of North Dakota State. I had six national championships, Marshall, in the Impressive. last seven years. Impressive. Coaching change from Craig Bowl to Chris Clayman. Uh, you're right, senior leadership, but... Yeah, I, I have a hard time betting against that Colgate defense. I don't think they pull the upset. I don't think the Raiders get the upset, but they're allowing seven points per game, five shutouts this season. Five shutouts. Pass defense. Listen to this. It, it, this sounds like numbers that I'm pulling out of 1953. Go ahead. They've allowed two touchdown passes all season and have 15 interceptions. Now, the competition level in the Patriot League, I know the Patriot League very well, back from my old days at Campus Insiders, did a lot of yeah. sideline reporting. Okay. Holy Cross, Fordham games, right. Joe Moorhead. Different level of competition. I understand that, but that kind of defense, TJ Hole and that defense allowing just seven points per That's game. Impressive. I think it's enough to at least get the cover. They're getting 20. I'm going to take Colgate. Give me the Raiders plus 24 and a half. We're going to have a, be- a side bet. A little, for a side, couple, a little uh, for FCS a side bet. Marshall. Yeah, North Dakota State for me. I'm just going, I'm going with the factory. It, it, it's, just, it. it's, just, it's just what they do. I mean, it, they. Uh, they, they they know how to win games and just 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 imagine if if they score score two early pass touchdowns against Colgate does that just shock them is that a shock to their system I think it's over because I don't think Colgate has the <laughs> offense to rally there you go yeah this game if I had to make an FBS comp what are you laughing for <laughs> what are you smiling for I like this is like counts. this. This would be Alabama versus uh, who would be a good defensive team that struggles to score? Maybe like Fresno. LSU. I was going to say Fresno because because Colgate's oh, smaller, like smaller a, school, a, a smaller, smaller with school. the Patriots, uh, Patriot. Yeah, like a Patriot like, League. So uh, I'm thinking group of five. I would say like this is like an Alabama Fresno game. Okay. If you want to play Temple, uh, Temple would maybe be. I thought Temple. I thought Temple too, where they have some problems offensively, but defensively very gritty. Northeast team, Colgate from the state of New York. Yeah, I think this would be like Alabama Temple. Well, I think when you look at this matchup from an offensive perspective for Colgate now, their quarterback, Brenneman, only has six touchdown passes. They rely on their running back, Colin, that has over 1,100 rushing yards, averaging 5.9 yards per carry. So they're going to want to establish the run and keep that offense on the sidelines. We'll see how it plays out. It's a 12 o'clock kick. When a total perspective, very low, though, guys, 42. So they're not expecting a lot of points whether North Dakota State dominates this matchup. I could see it being in the area of 35 to 7. Would you take the over? I would. Yeah. I, not well. From what I've seen in North Dakota State, I think they can move the football. But Colgate, they're going to need to establish a run and keep that offense on the sideline. So I will go a, under because yeah. Colgate, their their job, they're going to slow down the game. Yeah, they want to they they, they want to slow it down. They're going to have long drives and 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 they they want to make sure that when North Dakota State takes the field, like oh we got to score, oh we haven't had the ball, or oh, we're out of rhythm. That's that's what that's what they want to do. They want to slow this game down. You know what I love about North Dakota State? Because, you know, I, I get a unis. little... I get Well, yeah, the unis are nice. Right. I, I get a little bit tweaked sometimes when FCS programs decide to elevate to the FBS. They have resisted that temptation. You know, they, they decided yes. to stay in the big sky. You know, we're, we're like the UConn women's basketball of FCS football. They're dominant. They're content with that. They've had opportunities to, to move to conferences like the Sun Belt. 
maybe Conference USA, and they're like, nah, you know what? We're happy where we are. We have a really good thing going here. We're sending the Carson Wentz's to the NFL every so often. They know their brand and their identity, and I'm glad that they've stayed put in the FCS. Yeah, and you look at North Dakota State. I mean, in recent years, they knocked off teams like Kansas State, like Iowa. So you're talking about a a team that looks to step up and make a statement, so they're not going to fear Colgate in that battle. It should be pretty interesting. Colgate, Jamie brought it up, too. Colgate went toe-to-toe with Army just a couple of weeks ago. Lost twenty eight to fourteen. That's a nine and two Army team. That's a solid, you know, maybe like mid level sixtieth. What are you laughing about? Because I'm thinking of the, <laughs> it's like only the perfect per- matchup. I was yeah. I was going to throw it right. out to throw it out to Marshall. It's a long way away from the days <laughs> of Kenny Gamble back in Colgate. You know, Marshall Kenny- just said in the last segment, "This is why we play these games." Exactly. Like, I want to see Colgate have that shot as a twenty four point dog. There you go. It should, it should put be- him out there. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that game plays out. The other intriguing battle is South Dakota State, yep. ranked number two in FCS, going up against uh, Kennesaw State. They're ranked number five. Very intriguing battle again. When I break this game down. Christian, the quarterback, has thrown for 26 touchdown passes. But it's to a big play wide receiver crew here. Anderson and yeah. Johnson for South Dakota State. I mean, combined, 105 receptions, 22 receiving touchdowns. They're big. They remind me of Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey for Texas going up against a smaller defensive secondary I'm laying the wood here. I am. I'm, Are I'm you laying, really? I'm laying the seven and a half. I think they have the better offense, Road better favorite. quarterback with Christian at that quarterback position. And Kennesaw State, so a methodical offense, averaging 369 rushing yards per game. If they can't run it, they could be behind the sticks. And that's why I'm taking uh, South Dakota State in there, this ball game. There are three Division One college football programs that have 10-game winning streaks in each of the last two years. I'm not going to quiz anybody, but I will tell you, one is Alabama, mm-hmm. UCF is the other, the third is Kennesaw State. Okay. And what fascinates me about this program, I actually started, not, not for this segment, but I actually started to study, I was tipped off about Kennesaw State a couple of years ago, the head coach Brian Bohannon, former Georgia wide receiver, this program started in 2015. They had no football prior to 2015, and now they're in the FCS playoffs. They run a triple option offense. Bohannon is a Paul Johnson disciple. Paul Johnson just stepped away from Georgia Tech. The reason why I like Kennesaw State, they're a home dog getting a touchdown, but South Dakota State hasn't seen the option in Very years. Tough. And and I saw it's such a different type of an offense. Now, South Dakota State almost upset North Dakota State earlier this year. This is a very good football team. But traveling to Georgia, no experience versus the option. The excitement that they'll see at Kennesaw State, I think they pull the upset. I think they win this game outright. Yeah, the reason why I don't like Kennesaw State is everything revolves around their quarterback. Uh, Chandler Burks. Uh, Chandler yeah. Burks. I mean, he has 10 touchdowns uh, through the air, six interceptions, but 871 rushing yards, 29 29 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, leads the country. So if you could take him out of the offense. Now, Marshall could attest to this. Facing the triple option is a lot different in game speed than it is in practice preparation, especially if it's zone blocking type of schemes. Those defense alignment and more importantly, defensive tackles will have to disrupt running lanes, and that's not so easy when you go up against an offense in Kennesaw State. The responsibility of your defensive tackle, your middle linebacker and your outside linebackers are important. They have to stay home. They got to read their keys. And and as much as you want to chase the football or where you think the football is going – you have to read your keys. You got to read your guard when he's down blocking or if he's pulling the tackle. If if that tackles, if that tackle allowed a defensive end to go and he slipped up, that's the, they're optioning that guy. So as a linebacker, you got to get out. You got to stay outside contained. That's the hardest part for a lot of defensive players. You get so amped up. You're in a bowl game. You want to go make plays. And you play against one of these triple option teams. And that ball, you, you don't know if it's in the belly of the, of, the, of the dive back, going to the pitch back, or does the quarterback keep it? And just 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 if that tight end, when he's releasing to go get the strong safety, if that safety comes up <laughs> and that ball goes over his head, I mean, there's so many elements to the triple option that as a defender, you have to stay disciplined and read your keys. And early in this game, 
you're going to watch. They're going to they're going to slip some guys by. They might throw a pass. They might you might get a, a dive back hitting his head on the goalpost just because some defensive tackle is following the football. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it, and that's why we, when we talk about Army Navy, it's very intriguing yes. because you, yeah. you have kids fighting for four quarters, and these kids at the FCS level too. These playoffs mean something to them. I mean, it's not a bowl. That's game. one of the things I it's like not, about it. You know, yeah. a situation. Bowl these games sometimes fighting. we have to dissect. We have to, you know, are they motivated? Are they not? Who's playing? Who's not? The FCS playoffs. Everybody's all in. This is for a national championship. So when when we get to December. Outside of the two semifinal games, which we know will be, you know, heightened attention and, and heightened uh, anticipation, these FCS playoff games, I know they're not familiar names, you know, Jackrabbits, you know. Uh, how South many Dakota teams State. get in? How many teams get in there? I think FCS? 16, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's a 16. It's not diluted. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, he's right. You it's know, not he, diluted. And they do it. You know, I heard Mike Leach talk about this the other day. You know, we do something crazy at the Division Three level. It's called the college football playoff yeah. in somehow, some way. It's not diluted. You know, he's right. I I agree. But, and, and, but I agree, you, with, I agree with you as well. There has to be some kind of a balance. I don't want to mess with the regular season. I think in college football, we have the best regular season in any sport. I mean, the, the excitement that you have week after week, the meaning week after week is awesome. So I don't want to screw with that. But there might be a way to tinker with the playoffs a little bit so that well, we have the best it. of both worlds. You'll see it. You'll see it uh, after this year, I think. I think after this year, Ohio State now, second year in the in a row where they're left out of the Three college Three straight football. years, the Big Ten champ has not exactly. been in the playoffs. So that's that's going to be a lot of rumblings for, yeah. you know, when, when it's a Power Five team, it's okay. Well, sure. You know, yeah, it's, well, because they have the clout and hey, money. we're Power Five. We were, yeah, you know, they we get to throw their weight around. Yeah. Yeah. You mean to tell me we were left out of the college football? So all you got to do is yeah. just invite more teams. You're going to make a lot of people exactly. happy. Exactly. Well, you know and, who and actually NC2A, you you're going to make a lot of more a lot more money. Right. Like you TV will be happy. More games, oh God, more, yeah. you know, yeah. more revenue, more People will complain about eight teams, but you know what? They'll be oh, still watching. Yeah. And the <laughs> execs no, will. They're not going to. It was like last year. Papa. It was like last year when, when everybody was, you know, uh, everybody was all upset because two SEC teams yeah. in the national yeah, championship. The most ratings were the highest ever. 30 million people. <laughs> Didn't so. turn people away. So you know? that, that should be intriguing. Last game on the docket is Eastern yeah. Washington going up against UC Davis. That face Stanford. Now, the one thing that I am concerned about is when I broke down Eastern Washington, multiple quarterback play. Now, this is still an offense that's averaging close to 265 passing yards per game, but a lot of injuries. They have a lot of depth, but they're utilizing a lot of players. So I, I am concerned about the offensive continuity heading into this battle. The one thing I, I think that I like, I still like Eastern Washington is they have a balanced offense, a better defense than UC Davis. UC Davis has given up 187 rushing yards per game. To me, that's the difference. Meyer, their quarterback, has completed over 60% of his passes, but I'm laying the nine points with Eastern Washington in this ballgame. Yeah, we're in agreement in this one, and you just have to go back a couple of weeks and, and watch the tape, watch the game between EWU and UC Davis. They played mm-hmm. at Eastern Washington back in November, and the Eagles won 59-20. to So, you know, I'm not saying the game will be as lopsided as that first meeting was, but... You know, yeah, they're down an All-American quarterback. Gage Gubrud is out for the season, so Eric Berrier has come in and done a nice job. But they had the recipe for beating UC Davis. They completely shut down Meyer and uh, Keelan Doss, who leads the country, leads FCS with 109 receptions. So, you know, I I love the coach of UC. You know, it's coaching UC Davis these days. That I don't know. Dan Hawkins. Oh, Dan Hawkins. Dan the Hawkins. former Boise. And people have said, let me just say this quickly about Dan Hawkins. It wasn't Chris Peterson that brought Boise. He took Boise the to Hawk. the next level. Yeah. It was Dan Hawkins that went to Colorado, couldn't get it done, and gave way to John Which Embry Which was such a crew. surprise to me. I mean, yeah. I, I, he did such a good he job did. at Boise that State. That was his recruiting I, I he was going to be a good That's fit at Colorado, and That's he just he right couldn't get it done. he recruited, yeah. you know. Marshall, not, to get your take on this game as well, but... When you see these players about FCS, I see Tariq Cohen lighting it up uh, for the Bears. NC A&T, uh, North Carolina A&T. HBCU, baby. Yep. Yeah. The smaller schools. They, I mean, we've seen Chase Clemens last year for Fordham. Now he's having great success with Arizona. Other, other small players. Uh, 
you can find NFL talent here. Oh, yeah. So, I no mean, these, this is where, I mean, teams are made at and, this level. And, and and here's what I'm going to say. Uh, I, I give, I say kudos to to the guys coming from the small schools. And usually when teams draft them, they play well. There's no, there, there's, you don't have a bus. If a guy is playing well, he's not playing with other five-star athletes and he's hitting. You, you rarely have a guy come from one of the small schools and at the next level, they're a bus. They might get injured. They might not, maybe can't handle the physicality of the game when they come to the next level. But for the most part, when, when, when that guy, when you put him on the field with other talent, he, he, like Tariq Cohn, he, he rises up like Carson Wentz. They rise up. They rise up to the occasion. Yeah, it's incredible. They have that chip on their shoulder a lot of times because, you know, uh, once in a while you'll have a Power 5 transfer go to the FCS for more playing time or whatever reason. But oftentimes these are kids who were under-recruited. These are are kids who were overlooked out of high school, and that chip on the shoulder that they have, they carry right into their NFL career. Uh, You know, you mentioned uh, players in the NFL, Cooper Cup. His brother plays for Eastern Washington, one of their top defenders, and EWU's got six defensive touchdowns this year. So, you know, some interesting games as we get close. Maine is in. Maine won last night. They're in the semifinals. So we'll wait to see who the other three teams are. Quickly, Marshall, I mean, I feel like the offense and defense aligns in the NFL. This is where teams get it. This is where they get these players. You, yeah, and you got to get them from somewhere. I, they make their moves by going there. Yeah, so when we come back, we'll be talking about the big game today, Army and Navy. Keep it where it is. Jolisi, Ritz, Sermonello, and Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, live from Studio 34. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. are back just 20 minutes from the uh, kickoff of Colgate and North Dakota State as the FCS playoffs continue. Folks, the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means that you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL premium subscribers are using to win each and every week. But now you could do it for NBA DFS contests. DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings millionaires during million-dollar tournaments, and even more in cumulative prizes. If you're playing daily fantasy sports and you aren't using the Daily Roto tools, projections, and optimizers, you're doing it all wrong, and you're at a competitive disadvantage. So go to dailyroto.com and click on Go Premium. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. That's dailyroto.com. Click on Go Premium, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and start winning today. Wow. Very impressive read. It's, it's comeback time. I mean, if you had a bad college football NFL season, get it back in the, in the NBA. <laughs> right or wrong? Raptors, I mean, that's what you do. Raptors lost to the Nets last night. and All I know is I caught that on ESPN briefly. Nets were, uh, had an eight-game losing streak and snapped it as a nine-point What color underdog. are the uh, Nets uniforms uh, these They days, were black and white, but they had some special soccer unis on yesterday. I think I Nets, know. If I, you know, I, I'm so off basketball these days. that Nets, I'm thinking like uh, John Williamson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's going back. Didn't John Dr. Williamson, is Dr. Dr. J, J still on the Nets? Of course. I think, I think Doc was playing for the Nets when they were like in uh, Piscataway. I couldn't tell you. That I, 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 that I don't well, know. Well, I'm, I'm a much older man forte. than you. I remember this ba- stuff. Yeah, well, basketball is not my forte. Is uh, Lou Carnesecca still with St. John's or no? I, man, I used to love the Knicks right around the corner at the Garden. Yeah. That was, that, that that's was where back. I spent a lot of my wasted youth was at MSG. Anthony Mason and I saw Oak John play Starks, back in the day. Yeah. yeah, John Starks, forget it. Great. He's fantastic. He is one of the best all-time Knicks, you know, for the way he played. My two all-time favorite Knicks, not that anybody cares, Bob McAdoo. Uh, can, and can Bernard you, King. Can, can you get this? 
This century? You know, <laughs> no, this century. I, that's well, last hey, century. That's the problem. <laughs> that's last century. That's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. Right. Is you know, at least I I love I loved Anthony Mason. I liked the old Chris. Mason your face. You're talking about like you're, you yeah, right. You're, we're the right. same age, yeah. But, but that's yeah, it. but you're talking about like the lunch pail guys. Like yeah. they got the they did the, the dirty work. I'm a blue collar guy. Don't let the like, jacket kid you. Okay, <laughs> so you're not gonna go with Ewan or, or Mark Jackson nah, or no. Nah, nah, oh, I love nah. Jackson I want, though I too. St. John's product. Yeah, I like Mark Jackson. Oakley was. I like Oakley. I like that whole team. That whole the whole makeup of that team. There was there was so much grit. You know, there there was so much blue collar work yeah. ethic. They were. That's when you could hack so much somebody. By the way, too, you can't hack. hack. <laughs> you could do more than hack. Yeah. Right. Same thing. That's when football was football too. That's when yeah, you know. No, it was football no on hardwood. Football like we're watching uh, each and every day. But they're going to let them play today in Philadelphia between Army and Navy. I mean, this this rivalry is unprecedented. Yeah. Navy does lead the series by a total margin of sixty to fifty-one and seven ties. But they've lost two straight to the cadets. This is a cadet offense that's averaging 303 rushing yards per game. They're averaging close to 72 yards through the air. (laughs) Navy does have one of the worst, the worst rushing defenses since 2014, giving up 189 rushing yards per game. But guess what? They're plus eight in turnover margin. Mm. And when you could create turnovers, you have an opportunity Gimme Navy plus the six and a half outright over the cadets. Yeah, I, I like Army. I'm going to buck a little bit. I mean, most of these well, games are very close. Six other. of the last seven meetings between the academies decided by a touchdown or less. The line in this game is a touchdown. I mentioned with Jamie in our second yeah. segment, the last 12 battles between Army and Navy all have gone under, so we don't expect a lot of scoring. Army to me today, and Army over the past couple of years, is Navy, but a much better version yeah. than Navy. And what Army does, if you're going to run the triple option, you know, what makes it doubly difficult is when you control the ball. And right now, Army leads the entire country in time of possession. Their ability to milk the clock, to wear out defenses, one of the reasons why Army has is so good statistically on defense, not only do they have good linebackers, but... They hold the ball. No defense has played fewer plays this year than Army. So Army is fresh. Army is talented. Army is rolling. They have a shot for the first time ever to have a 10-win season. I like Army to cover this game. Not a blowout, but I would say between 10 and 13 points. Clearly the better team, Marshall. I'm going to throw two <laughs> statistics at you that, to Rich's point. Army converting. Converting. 57% on third downs and holding opposing offenses to 27% on yeah. third downs. And oh, by the way, they're plus five in turnover margin. Yeah, all of those things, it, it points to Army. But um, I, I just, I, there's there's something about Navy in game in, in big games. And you put them under the light, you put them on a spotlight, and, and they, they tend to just shine and they show up. And, and, and not to mention, this is, this is like, Navy's been awful at stopping the run. Well, if you run the triple option, guess what you know how to stop? The triple option. Right. They'll, they'll be ready. They will be ready to play today. This game has so much so much more of a meaning to, to these cadets than they do to us. I just love watching them go out and play with the passion that they play with. And, and um, it's, it's funny. It was like, wow, this, is, th- this game is the game that the players on the field would put their lives and die for the people watching the players on the field. It, it's usually it's like it's the other way around. Yeah. But these guys, man, it's uh it's it's an honor to watch this game. It it, it definitely is. It's it's incredible because I, I wonder for two things. I, one, I wonder if Marshall Falk played in a triple option offense, how many yards would he have in college? The second thing is what you and I have spoken about. Can you win at the FBS level outside uh, Naval and Army, Navy Academy schools, Air Force? Can you win at an elite level? Because Paul Johnson, and we talked about this, Paul Johnson stepping away as head coach from Georgia Tech, got it to a respectable level at seven and five overall. And one or two years did go to a bowl game against Mississippi State and dominated. But again, at the end of the day, can you be an elite program running the triple option? No, I, I would. I would say 
Uh, elite level, no. I mean, I don't think you're going to win national championships these days by running the option. Where I think it's valuable is when we look at these academies, Army and Navy are not getting the same caliber of athlete as elite programs. The way you have a difference maker, the way you can narrow the gap is by running an offense that most opposing defenses are not accustomed to. So Army and Navy has been able to be competitive for such a long period of time, not in spite of, but because of those offenses. I think if they were running a pro style, they just wouldn't get the caliber of kids to compete. And I think it would be messy on a week-to-week basis. And that's why if you're an Army or Navy or an Air Force or if you're a Kansas, if you're Les Miles, you know, I, I could see Les Miles coming up with a more triple option based offense and taking Kansas not to an elite level, but instead of being two and ten every year, I think you could be the team that no one wants to face. No one wants to face the triple option. And if you have a program like Kansas or an academy, I think it's uh, I think it's something you can utilize. Well, we saw Kansas State give a variation of that in terms of ground and pound and run the football. And with, it worked. With Bill Snyder, right. right so, with mobile so, quarterbacks. Exactly. Yeah. So in the Big 12, Marshall, you saw the one game that Kyler Murray and the crew struggled. They were locked 21 apiece against Army and had to pull that game out in overtime could this be something of a transition that we could see maybe Les Miles doing in the Big 12 against these high-octane offenses that don't play a stitch of defense? If you if you run the triple option, and, and, and it, it, okay, if Alabama ran the triple option, they'd be just as successful. I mean, it just it, when you have the talent, it really doesn't matter what offense you decide to run. You are going to somehow, some way be elite. And think think about it. If Jalen Hurts was running a triple option at Alabama, lethal. I mean, he he he'd have a lot of the rush yards, but the thing is, when they decided to throw, oh my God, it would be so open because you have to commit yeah. to stopping uh hurt you would have to commit to stopping him in the and in the triple option. So would it work? Yes. And I agree with both of you guys. It is it is so different in football. You you actually have to practice like when you have a triple option team on your schedule, every week you have to work on certain things in your schedule for the triple option. So when you get there, your players understand like we've been we we, we taught you this, we worked on this because it's so different than what we see. Uh it would be just like just like the spread option in a sense, what it has done, it kind of levels the it leveled the playing field. The triple option levels the playing field because now you chew up clock, you slow down the game, you make the game a, a, a must score or a one score game. And today's quarterbacks, today's offenses in college, they're not used to playing in games like that. I mean, they're they're used to 80 plays again. If you only get 40 plays on offense, your offensive coordinator has no idea what to run. It, it just shortens the game. It makes it. It makes it. It makes it tough for you on on the opposite side of the ball. The other offensive coordinator, you're like, okay, we have to get a first down. If we give the ball back, they're going to eat up more. Yeah, clock. the margin of error is completely it, it is. shot at that point. One question I wanted to ask yeah. Marshall real quick: Why is it? I hear it a lot of times where you know uh, coaches will say our defensive linemen hate facing the triple option it, it, and they just they're kind of like blocks. ankle biters right what what kind of blocks are they facing from an offensive line that runs a triple option that is so damn frustrating for those defensive you, linemen as a defensive lineman you, you two things you have to be assignment i mean you, you, the penetration into the backfield you create a crease it's you you actually have to play on the same level so it's it's kind of like two gapping. You have to stand you have to stand the offensive lineman up because what they want to do is once you are once you get your responsibility and assignment, then it's stay on your feet. Because they want to cut you. They want to get you down. If they can get you down and that ball's going outside or the quarterback gets you flanked, it's it's so hard to stop the option. Every run game, 
every run game, non-option. It's about defense, setting the edge, getting to the point of attack. Well, against the option, guess what they want you to do? They want you to set the edge. They want to option it off the edge that's being set. So it plays so different. Your outside guys, they have to they have to hold. You got to allow the quarterback to come to you. You don't want to attack the quarterback too early because if you attack the quarterback too early, the pitch happens. Now, your field or contain guy, if he's not in position, he's out of position, you get outflanked. Yeah. It's incredible. It, it, there's so much it, you you play you have to play so different. Every defensive tackle is taught get upfield, get in the backfield, you're disruptive. If you get upfield, you get in the backfield versus the option, you could literally yeah, run by the dive yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's so different. It's playing chess it's in a checkers world, basically. The, yeah. And they take advantage of overly aggressive defenses. The one thing that LT uh, back in the day was he, he would come from the backside and, and tackle the ball carrier. You see it time and time again in college football where defensive ends want to go down the line of scrimmage. So that's what the triple option, especially with misdirection, they do a counter option where they fake the dive one way, they get the defensive end out of position, and then they come back backside and they have clear running room because they have the pitch man coming in motion. So it's incredible. They're so disciplined that they've been running it each and every year that they do it better. I mean, these two schools do it better than anyone. And they both see it in practice. They both see it throughout the year. So they both know the nuances, the different wrinkles in the offense. So, you know, when you have that opportunity, and we used to see it with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech had yeah. some great wide receivers even during the triple option days, right? They had, you know, the Stephen Hills. Calvin Johnson, I think, was pre-triple yeah, option. Yeah, he was with I Reggie Ball. Yeah, but I mean, they've had some they've had some really good wide receivers because those guys, A, they know how to block down field. Every one of the receivers in this offense know how to block down field. And B, their average yeah. yards per catch oftentimes is off the charts, like 25 and north. Right, it's crazy. And the one thing I think when you see college football now and the one thing I can't stand is kids quitting in the second half. You know, they're down by 25 points, arm tackles, they're walking back to the huddle. You're not going to see that no matter what the score is later today because both of these schools, even though they're on the same side, because they, they, they're, they're giving their, their time. Representing and, you know, the military, representing sure. The yep. military, but at the end of the day, they do not like each other. Yeah. It is, well, traditionally the worst rival. I mean, this is a hatred What rivalry. I've always said, too, I've been asked this for years, you know, what's, what's the most heated rivalry, what's the most meaning, meaningful rivalry? For me, it's always Army-Navy, and one of the things I always point to is not just the hatred between the players, but how many college football games, how many sporting events can you say has meaning in Afghanistan? Right. Or in Iraq, or all over the planet, it's like the you're going to have people. It, it is. I was just about to yeah. say that it is. It is watched like the Super Bowl yeah. is watched. Its game is. Yeah, and I'm glad that they set it aside. I totally I, you agree. Know, it used to be like part of the other totally games. Totally agree. Now it's this front game and deserves its own Saturday. Yeah, it, it, it really does. You know what? Uh, going back to the option, the option, and, and I'm not talking about the triple option. The option in general, right. it is so difficult and so hard to stop the NFL. It it, it it has made its way to the NFL. If you if you watch today's quarterback, I mean, outside of the the, the normal guys dropping back to Drew Brees and and and, uh, and Brady, they're they're not really running it. But most quarterbacks in the league today. They are running a variation. If if that defensive end, if they're running a zone read and that defensive end crash down, quarterback's out the back door with the ball. That's how that's how hard it is to stop the option. And and now you have to assign a guy to the quarterback, which means you're you're making them play eleven on eleven. Right. That's that's uh We've yeah. never had an athletic quarterback. I'm thinking Kurt uh, Warner Peyton. Well, Harbaugh was somewhat Mobile. He oh was. He was at. The, I'd give. I'd give Harbaugh. Har was Trent Green? No. Trink? No. Was not a runner. Yeah. Was not, not really. a runner. Who was the? Who was the? Was Robert Holcomb on your on your team? Yeah. Form, former Illini. Yeah. Robert Holcomb. Yeah. He was My big. He had big, big arms. He had yeah, big, big arms. Back. I like those. Yeah. You know, big, big, burly. He guy. was. Uh, he actually. He was. He was the backup halfback. Right. When I got there, and then he he moved the fullback. Right. Holcomb was. Holcomb was. Big back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you think about some of the players. The I, you think about the transition, too, from the game. I mean, you're talking about a wide-open offense. Greatest show on turf was years ahead of 
uh, of, what we say, of what we see in, in college and pro football. When we come back, we'll be talking about the Heisman Trophy, also talking about some players in college that can make it on the next level in the NFL. Keep it where it is.